I want to ask you a question, um, and no judgment. Uh, what's your favorite kind of pizza? Where do you go for pizza? Go ahead, shout it out. Okay, okay. Others, others. Okay, okay. How many of you? How many of you are like thin crust people? Thin crust people. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> how many of you are thick crust people? Now, it's hard to find the right kind of like thick, doughy crust. I think I've talked about this before. I mean, uh, when, when uh, growing up the, right across from Lakeshore High School, where both Lisa and I graduated from high school, this is up in Stevensville, Michigan, was a little place called De Pisa's Pizza. They're still there. And uh, every time that we go home to Michigan, there's one place that I must go, and it's not even my parents' house. <laughs> I'm sorry to admit it, but I have to have some De Pisa's pizza. They make a deep dish crust that, I mean, the crust must be this thick. It's like that, that it's like homemade bread, like thick, heavy, dense, like, like you carry it out of carry out, like you're like this, like getting it to the car, like it's that kind of heavy duty pizza. And like you talk about the cheese, I mean... They put so much, I, in fact, I think that's why they have to create such a deep crust, so that the cheese, the, the pot of cheese doesn't just overflow into the oven and everywhere. It is the most incredible. I don't know what kind of pizza you love. I, I'm a pizza fan of all kinds, but when we go to Michigan, I've got to have the pizza's pizza. And we usually order it, you know, and then we'll take it back to somebody's house and we'll all eat it. And I usually, well, I usually order um, a little bit extra. And uh, usually, you know, we'll have had dinner at like 6 o'clock, and then about, you know, there's nothing better than a late night snack, 10, 30, 11, 11, 30, 12, I don't care. And I'm getting back up, and I'm eating two more pieces. Now, these are the kind of, I mean, thick, big pieces that could fill a grown man up. Well, not this grown man. I could, I mean, I can eat multiple pieces, and Lisa will be like, you know, you're going to be in pain tomorrow. <laughs> Like, you know, you're going to pay for this, and I'm, I'm just eating and just like, I know, I know, it's so good. <laughs> Have you ever had something that's just, and it might not be pizza, maybe it was just a meal that you ate at a restaurant, it, it was something, it was a special night out, and, and it was expensive, and yet it was like, oh my gosh, this was unbelievable. And like, the kind of, of dinner meal that you just want more and more of, like you, you start daydreaming about it, you, you, you just can't wait to get back there again. Truth be told, I got online yesterday to see, is there any way that the Pisa's Pizza can like, I don't know, can they fast freeze it and then ship it to, to Ohio so that I can have some? There's just some things in life that you just, you love and you, you can't get enough of and you want even more of. And it's just like this awesome feast. It makes me think, you know, God's word is meant to be a feast for our souls. Jesus describes himself as the bread of life, and it's God's words that point us to Jesus. And yet, if you're like me, sometimes it's sad, but the, the Bible, it just kind of sits there, and, and then it it gains dust, right? Or even if, you know, I know lots of our Bibles are gaining dust because now our Bible's right here, right? And so maybe we, you've got the Bible app, and yet why is it so often that, I mean, the first apps, though, that we jump to are just Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and whatever the other latest ones are, right? And yet 
when, when we read the words of like the psalmist who specifically penned Psalm 119, which we're going to look at over the next five weeks, he writes things like this about God's word. He says, I'm always overwhelmed with a desire for your regulations. It's like he couldn't get enough of God's word. Or, or he writes, how I delight in your commands, how I love them. Or in verse 72, he says, your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. And yet, for, for so many of us, man, it's, it's so easy for the Bible to just take the back burner in our lives. It's the last app that we go to. It, it, it's like our emergency, you know, get out of jail free card, but, but where is it in the day-to-day of our lives. And so over the next five weeks, we want to look together at Psalm 119, which really is all about the importance of God's Word for our everyday life. We're calling the series, A Light for My Path. And, and a little bit of background about Psalm 119. Our, our hope is that over these five weeks, it's going to increase our appetite. Even if the Bible's taking the back burner or it's collecting dust or, or, or maybe, you know, we, we, we dig into it once in a while, but it's limited time or, or, or maybe, man, if we were honest, we're like, I don't even remember the last time I really looked at God's word for my own self. Our prayer is that all of us will grow in our desire, that our appetite for his truth will increase in our lives. And so a little bit of background about Psalm 119, because we're going to look at um, many verses of it over the next uh, five weeks. It's actually the longest chapter in the Bible, containing 176 verses. And while we won't get to look at every single individual verse, we'll look at five key themes that kind of rise out of Psalm 119. Um, Something that we, that we might not catch because of our English translations is that the, the, this psalm is written in both an acrostic and an alphabetical pattern. When you look at the, the original language that Psalm 119 was written in, which is Hebrew, number one, it, it, well, it's backwards uh, for us. You read it from, from right to left instead of left to right. But at the beginning of each section, and there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and there happens to be 22 paragraph sections in Psalm 119. And every eight verses starts a new paragraph, and every paragraph begins the first letter of that paragraph with the, with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's kind of interesting. In, in some ways, it's like the psalmist, and we don't know for certain who wrote Psalm 119. And if, if God wanted us to know, I'm sure he would have included Specifically, many people attribute Psalm 119 to David, and it's highly likely that it was one of David's psalms, and he wrote many of the psalms that are included in our, in our Bible today. Um, but it's almost as if the writer of Psalm 119 is, is saying that, that God's word is so important and so valuable, like literally from A to Z, we need God's word in our lives well-known uh, 18th century uh, Bible commentator 
um, Matthew Henry. Maybe you've read his commentary or you've seen quotes from Matthew Henry. He was first introduced to Psalm 119 by his father, Philip, uh, Philip uh, uh, Henry. And uh, Philip Henry loved God's word and he told all of his kids, he gave them a challenge. He said, I want to challenge you to read one verse of Psalm 119 every day for a year and meditate on that one verse the entire day. And in so doing, in a year's time, you will have gone through Psalm 119, every single verse, twice. And he said this, he said, and that will bring you to be in love with all the rest of the scriptures. And that's our heart desire, that every single one of us in the room would fall deeper in love with the God of the Bible and his word to us. It's meant to be a feast for our souls. It's meant to to guide us and light our pathway, as we'll talk about in just a few moments. It's meant to give us hope and encouragement. It's meant to challenge us and, and push us. And it's meant to feed us. And so we want to look uh, at it together. David Guzik, one commentator, says about the timing of when Psalm 119 was written. He says it was likely written over some period of time and later compiled because there's not a definite flow of thought from the beginning of the psalm to the end. Instead, he says, the sections and verses are not like a chain where one link is connected to the other, but like a string of pearls where each pearl has equal but independent value. And so what we're going to see over the next five weeks is that God's word is, that God's word is a light for the heart. That God's word is a light to obey. That God's word is a light for wisdom. That God's word is a light for rescue and revival. But today we want to focus on what will be our theme verse for the entire series. Uh, We want to see that God's word is truly a light for the journey. And every single one of us, we're on a journey. And no matter where you're at, like in your spiritual journey, maybe you're just here and kind of like checking out church or exploring things, or maybe you kind of are skeptical, but you thought, I'll give it a try. Or maybe, maybe you've been walking in a relationship with Jesus for 45, 50 years. Wherever we're at on the journey, God's word is there to help us. And the theme verse is Psalm 119, verse 105. We just sang it a few moments ago. And this is what it says. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Could you say that with me? Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Now it begins highlighting the importance of God's word, your word. The psalmist is really praying this or singing this to God, his creator, and he's saying, God, your word, all right? And again, that's what Psalm 119 is all about. Remember, uh, in fact, uh, God's word is mentioned in at least 171 of the 176 verses of Psalm 119. Where it shows up in verse 105, it's the, word, the Hebrew word debar, and it, and it shows up in other forms depending on translation, and of course, there's like seven or eight different Hebrew words that all kind of point us back to God's word. You might see it 
arise in certain translations as God's law, his word, his judgments, his testimonies, his, his commandments, his statutes, his precepts. But every single one of those is drawing us back to the truth of God's word, his communication to humanity for everyday life. All right? And he says it's God's word that is a lamp to guide my feet. So I brought kind of an old school lamp. I mean, back in this day, you know, they, it probably meant a candle or a candle lit lamp. And uh, it would have been common, like even whether you're walking across a dark room in the middle of the night to light the lamp so that you could see your way and not stumble over everything in your house or in your room or perhaps uh, walking to a friend's home or coming back from the synagogue at night, uh, they would have used a lamp. A, a lamp what? A lamp to, to guide their feet. So we don't use lamps as much, although I, even when the power goes out, don't you just love to light candles? And, like, and some of you are like candle freaks and you got like 35 kinds. Lisa was just cleaning out. Sorry, Lisa's my wife. She's a candle freak too. Um, she, we were just cleaning some things out yesterday, reorganizing some things, and she opened up like this one um, little thing and cupboard and like two drawers worth. And I mean, there were, I don't know. There must have been 48 candles in there of all different kinds, scents. Some scents you don't want to smell. Some scents that you do. Um, there's something about lighting a candle, but, but for us today, I don't want you to think about um, a candle. I want you to think more about a flashlight, all right? A flashlight. And you turn a flashlight on, and, and a flashlight is there what? I mean, it's very helpful. I promise not to shine this directly into your eyes, but, but a flashlight is super, super helpful. I mean, think about uh, heading back from your campground or heading back from your boat to the parking lot, wherever you are, and what do you need? You need a flashlight. And what is a flashlight primarily for? It's for seeing the things right in front of you, right? It's not necessarily helpful for seeing everything that's going on or everything way out ahead. It's helpful for our next steps. And yeah, we might be like, wait, what was that that I heard over in the woods there? And you know... But in order to make sure the next step is okay and I'm not stepping on something or getting off the path, I've got to point it back down. And it's helpful for next steps, for what's close at hand, right? Now, isn't that interesting? We'll put the lights back on. That our, our mission that we, we say almost every weekend here at the chapel is that we exist to help people move what? one step closer to God and each other through Christ. A journey is just a collection of many, many next steps. And if we're going to get anywhere, we have to keep moving. We have to take a next step. And the psalmist is reminding his listeners and he's reminding us that God's word is like a flashlight. It's meant to help give guidance to our very next step. And there's times, don't you just wish that you could just see the whole pathway way out ahead? Like that's, I'm like a planner. I'm kind of organized. I'm kind of picky. I'm a little bit of a control freak. Like I need, I want to know what's coming down the pike, right? But how many of us know that that is not 
how life always is. Sometimes it feels like you're living in the dark. Sometimes there's things that you, you just didn't know. In fact, maybe if we knew that they were coming, we wouldn't even go down that path anymore. But it's important for us to remember that God's word will give us what we need when we need it, just so that we can take our next step. And sometimes that's all we need, but we desperately need to know what that next step is. It's interesting that, you know, we talk about next steps and then it's directly connected to God's word. Not only does our mission highlight this, but our number one value, if you're, we, we kind of have five core values here as a church, and our number one is that we depend on God. We depend on God and his word. Like it's the, it's the guideline, it's the, it's the rule, it's the way. And we desperately need it. We're just saying we depend on you, I depend on you. And, and we're dependent for, for some light in this dark world that we live in Otherwise, man, we're going we're gonna to trip up on some things. We're going to fall into some holes that we weren't expecting. And, and the psalmist says, that's why we have God's word. It's there to guide our feet. Put it right out there in front of us. And so I want to challenge all of us to think about a real-life question this morning. And that question is, where in your life and in my life right now do you need the light of God's word to guide just your next step? I'm not talking about step number 83 or 500,000. I'm talking about what's next. What is it that you're facing, feeling that you're like, I just, I need clarity. I need wisdom. I need help. I need knowledge. And the Bible does not promise to answer every question in every situation that we face, but it does promise to, to answer the most important questions of life and give us principles that help guide wise decision-making, and we'll look at how God's Word is a light for wisdom in just a few more weeks. But it's meant to be like a spotlight, like a lamp, like a candle to help us know our next step. And I don't know what the next step is in your life. I don't know if what you're facing, what you're feeling. Maybe it's a, a relationship thing that you need just some light for that next step. Maybe it's a, a job thing that it's just like, I need some guidance, some light for that just next step. Maybe Maybe it's a it's a, a medical thing or a new prognosis or maybe it's a relationship with, with a, a child or your grandchild or maybe it's a marriage thing. But, but the psalmist is reminding us, you've got what you need if you've got God's word. It's there to give guidance to our feet. But then the psalmist goes on and he says, not only is your word a lamp to guide my feet, he says, your word is also a light for my path. And so this word used for light here, it's not talking about a little dainty candle. It's not talking about a flashlight just to take your next step to guide your feet. This word light has to do with brightness, clarity, daytime, lightning, morning, sun. Think, think like sunrise, all right? And so let's bring, there we go. Hey, look at all these people that are here this morning. <laughs> go ahead, look around. There's, there, yeah, there's other people that sit in different sections, believe it or not. Isn't that cool? The, the kind of light that the psalmist is talking about here is a light that, that permeates the whole room. It's a light so that we, don't, we, can't, 
we can see beyond just what's directly in front of us, but you can see the landscape of the room. You can see who else, what else is in the room. This is the kind of light that the psalmist talks about that we need, and it's found in God's Word, to make sure that we're even in the right room. Some of you are like, oh, this is not the right place, or, you know. It's, it's, meant to, it's meant to ensure that we're in the right place at the right time, that we're, that we're even on the right pathway. God's word is a lamp to guide our feet. It's also a light for our entire path to make sure that we're on the right track. It made me think about um, back in college, I was doing a lot of mountain biking with a group of friends, and we had even, even had this little group, this little club, and we'd go and ride mountain bikes, and then we'd look for opportunities to talk to other people about Jesus and stuff. And um, I remember one time we went to this trail, and it was kind of a, I mean, we had our go-to trails, but this was like a, a trail off the beaten path. This was an, we were kind of in unfamiliar territory, and yet it was a lot of acreage. And uh, somehow, some way, I mean, it was, it was daylight when, when we left, and we were fine, we thought. The problem was we didn't, the, the, the trail signage wasn't real clear. And uh, we kind of got off course. And by the way, this was like pre-these, okay? So no judgment. Like, I didn't have an app for that, okay? Um, I might have had a beeper. I, you know, but what are you going to do that? Go to, the, go to the local payphone then to make a call once you got your alert on your beeper. That, yes, I'm dating myself. But, uh, but, I mean, there wasn't, I didn't, we didn't have GPS. Like, I, we couldn't just you know, log in and be like, oh, there we are, and oh, I see the, the trailhead goes this way, or oh, the parking lot where our car is is over here. And, and we were getting tired. We had been biking for like a couple hours. We were tired. It was tenuous. Um, the, the sun was starting to set. Now, internally, I, and I wouldn't have told this to the guys, but there was like four or five of us, you know, I'm like, oh, we're good. But inside, I was, I was like starting to, to panic a little bit. Like, we were so turned around, we'd, we'd stop and we'd pause and we'd, we'd try to listen for, like, cars. To like, okay, is there at least, like, a main road that we can find to get on? And, I mean, we were lost. We were, we were on the completely wrong path. And that's scary. And that can be dangerous. Not just when you're hiking or biking but it can be really, really dangerous if we are not on the right path for life. I think about Jesus' own words in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road or pathway that leads to destruction. And many, he says, enter through it. But then he says, But small is the gate. And narrow is the road or pathway that leads to life. And he says, only a few find it. That's why it's so important for us as a church to be shining the spotlight, to be holding the light of Christ up. Because there's a world out there, and there's probably, truth be told, some people even in this room right now, and, and you're not even sure what path of life you're on. And God's word promises to be a light for the path, and not just for any path, but for the right path, the, the main path. 
the path that, that makes all the difference, not even just for this life, but for eternity, for what's even beyond this life. In fact, the, the word, I think I said it before, that's, that's used in, in uh, Psalm 119, verse 105, uh, for the word is the word debar, and there it's spelled D-E-B-A-R, and that's one transliteration. It's actually D-A-B-A-R, so just think debar. Like, God's word is dabar, like the standard. See what I did there? I should not try to tell jokes. I'll leave that up to Pastor Joe. He's way more funny. But God's word gives us guidance to make sure that we are even on the right path, not just for our next step. I mean, we, we might be stepping along through our lives, but if we're not even on the right path, we are in serious danger. And God's word always points us back to the word, to Jesus himself. I think about the words in John, and look at how these words continue to show up in in the pages of the New Testament as well as in Psalm 119. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. It's talking about Jesus. And it says, verse 4, the word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought what? Light. (laughs) His life brought light to everyone. And it says, "The, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness can never extinguish it. And then I think of Jesus' own words. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, he said, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to real life. God's word is a lamp to guide our feet. It is for our next steps, what's right in front of us. And sometimes that's all we need. Sometimes that's all we've got. It's just put one more foot in front of the other, but to have the assurance of God's flashlight pointing the way. But God's word is not just a flashlight for the next step. God's word is like the dawn of a new morning so we can wake up and so that we can see clearly to make sure that we're even on the right path. And he says, listen, that path is me. It leads to me. In fact, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I, like, I'm the path, I'm the door, I'm the light. <laughs> Jesus is everything. And, and God's word is pointing us to that kind of hope and that kind of life. And so I want to leave you with a second real-life question that is really, really important. Do I know that for sure that I'm on the right path? See, it's very possible that there's even people here today that you've come to church. Maybe you've been going to church for a lot of years, and you know you know some of the right answers, and and uh, you know you, you've maybe you've read a little bit of the Bible. Maybe you familiarize yourself with some of. Maybe there's like maybe you've got a favorite verse. But but the the the, the truth of the scriptures is to point us to Jesus and our need for Jesus. He's the light of the world. He. And so it's really the question of have I, have I turned away from the path that I was going, which was really kind of the self-path, 
the self-made path, the path of, of good works or good deeds or, or the path of just selfishness and living my life and living my life for me or living my life for my family or living my... And turning from that path and realizing that there's another way to live life and, and that I need forgiveness for kind of going my own way and carving my own path and that my path was, like the proverb says, there's a way, there's a pathway that seems right to mankind, but in the end it leads to death. So am I, am, are we on the right path? Have I, have I turned from going my way to Jesus? You know, in, in just five weeks, we'll celebrate Easter. We celebrate and remember that Jesus came, he was the light of the world that stepped into the darkness of this world and he gave his life away on a cross and paid the penalty for your sin and your mess-ups and our lost journeys and our wandering paths and all the stuff that we get into along the way. And he died for all that so that we could, so that we could have forgiveness and freedom. And then he rose from the dead three days later to show us that there's life and that there's even life beyond the grave and that real life is found in a relationship with Jesus, he's the path. And so are you on the right path? And if, if you have any unsurety of that, that's not something to be ashamed of or be like, oh, I don't want them to think that I don't. No, that, man, it is the most important thing to get honest and get real with, with God, with somebody else that you trust. And we're here to help find your next step or maybe even your very first step on the right path, the path that leads to Jesus, the path that, the path that will lead you home to heaven one day, the path of hope, the path of light in the midst of the darkness. And so I want to just close with, with a couple next steps for us to consider. And man, if, if you're uncertain of the pathway that you are on and you'd like to talk to somebody, I will be here after the services. You could talk with any of our worship team members. There's other people out in the room that they, they love and care. And Don't put that off. Ask your questions. Doubt your doubts. Wrestle with the truth of God's word. Or let us help you take that next step. But some next steps for all of us in the room. Number one is just, I told you before, Psalm 119, verse 105 is going to be our key hallmark verse for this entire series. And, uh, and it's all about God's word lighting our path. And so would you join us in memorizing it? And we want to make that easy for you. So on your way out, um, our greeters are going to have some cards, just a little card with Psalm 119, verse 105 on it. You can just take it. You can Put it in your car visor. Stick it on your mirror in your in your bathroom. Um, put it put it in your Bible if you open that often. Um, uh, put it somewhere where you're going to see it on a daily basis and to be just to begin. And maybe you've already got it memorized. I had it memorized before we started this this series, but it's been so helpful to me revisiting it again and again and again in my life. And uh, if if you want, we also have a a free thing that you can do if you want to put it on your phone. Most of us, we're addicted to those things, right? And so, so uh, if you want a free like screensaver background that you can put on your phone, all you have to do is uh, use the QR code. And that QR code, by the way, it's on the front of the worship program, okay? And you can just link it, download it, set it, all right? And every day, we can be reminded 
Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. We want to memorize that verse. And so each weekend during this series, we'll highlight that theme verse in one way or another. Um, number two, join us in a 40-day reading plan through Psalm 119. Um, on on uh, Ash Wednesday, we began a 40-day reading plan, and you can jump in at any time. And that 40-day reading plan, walking through Psalm 119, it's just like four or five verses each day just to look at, meditate on, think about it. Remember what Philip uh, um, Henry said? He said, when we do that, we'll fall in love with all the rest of the Scriptures. And uh, you can follow that through our Dwell app, and uh, we created this specific 40-day reading plan. You could just jump in, download the Dwell app, all this info, it's in your worship program. And then finally, number three, pizza. Oh, see, I got you. What if, what if we collectively, as a church, just pray, God, increase my appetite. You know that, man, it's... <laughs> Sometimes it's not what it should be, and, and I treat, you, treat your word like a, a little snack or maybe a, at best an appetizer, and I give it a minute or two. God, would you, sometimes, you guys, sometimes we have to be honest enough with God to say, God, I don't even know that I have the desire, so forgive me for that, and would you create the desire within me? Create the hunger Increase our appetite for your truth so that you can light the way for our lives. Could we pray that together? Let's stand together and let's recite our verse again and then I'll close this in prayer. Would you say,